Did you know the average fleet manager spends 100 hours a month managing toll? Get that time back by partnering with BestPass, the nation's leader in toll management. Learn more and visit bestpass.com or call 866-366-1426. Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. And please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'd like to thank both Wendy Bartz, VP of Customer Experience with uh, Driver Reach, as well as Leah Shaver, President of the National Transportation Institute, for holding things down uh, in my absence. Now, this week, I'm honored to be joined by Alex Leslie, Research Analyst for ATRI, as we plan to discuss ATRI's recently released report on integrating younger adults into trucking careers. Welcome to the show, Alex. So great to have you on. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Now, this is a groundbreaking report. Uh, there's there's tons to unpack here as it relates to attracting, training, and, and retaining a younger workforce for the trucking industry. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background as well as your role in this particular report. Uh, perhaps you can share why it's so critical to attract a younger workforce. Uh, I'd like to hear about Atri's ongoing effort to uh, evaluate the safety and utilization of younger drivers, specifically the Young Driver Assessment Tool. And hopefully you can shed some light on some of the differences among generations and, and why millennials and Gen Z can be a a bit tougher to please. And I want to be sure that we spend some time on the Safe Driver Apprenticeship Program and its progress. And then, of course, we'll answer a question from one of our listeners during our Deeper Dive segment. Think we can cover all that in our time today? I think it's worth a try. Let's give it a shot. All right. Well, first, let's start with you. Who is Alex Leslie? I'd love to hear your background and just, you know, what brought your skills to the trucking industry? Uh, you don't want a metaphysical answer there. Uh <laughs> I, uh, I have a background in quantitative and qualitative research, uh, so working with both of those things. Uh, and I've been in the industry now with, with ATRI for a little over a year, actually. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of reports along these lines, uh, looking to labor and uh, you know, operational issues and really across the board trying to solve the big questions. And now, now you bring that, that background, that mindset, that metaphysical... <laughs> <laughs> you know, reality uh, to Atri. And, um, you know, as I, as we shared before, you know, the, the, the focus is on this most recent report on integrating younger adults. And uh, and this is the topic I've been extremely passionate about as it attempts to provide, you know, insight into relieving the driver shortage. And uh, I've been a member of Atri's Research Advisory Committee for the past few years. It's been an amazing experience as uh, I've had the privilege of participating in the decisions of, you know, what Atri will research. And I was excited to see this particular report come to fruition. And not only is it highly relevant, uh, it's also extremely well written and very easy to follow. And so uh, just on the screen here, you know, you can find uh, the report for free at, at truckingresearch.org. Definitely encourage our viewers to download it. Tons of valuable insight. Um, question to you is, you know, why, why is this so important to the industry? You know, why are we infatuated with the, with the need for a younger workforce, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, the, the big issue that we all, of course, know about is the driver shortage. So in the first place, more drivers anywhere we can get them is, is good news. But we also have an aging driver workforce. We have a lot of the 
the drivers are are falling into that sort of 50 to 65 age bracket and uh, they carry a lot of experience and a lot of skill with them. And so as they begin to retire, we have a question of, you know, we want to make sure that skill is passed on, uh, but we also want to make sure that there are people to, you know, step into those spots too. And when we look at pure industries, trucking right now is is lagging behind them. So it's it's part of that. And, and I think the other question that this report really does also try to contribute is that Gen Z and millennial drivers have their own skills and their own uh, perspectives and background to contribute that improves uh, any carrier. So, so having that balance is, I think, um, really a, a benefit in its own right. Could you maybe share uh, in your research on this report, what, what did you recognize that, that maybe stands out? What's, what's more important to millennials and Gen Z versus maybe older generations? There are a lot of different aspects. I mean, one of the big ones that we saw was uh, in training. A lot of younger drivers, they want a more um, ongoing, continual feedback process. They want, you know, to have a kind of mentor relationship where if they start going off a little bit, you know, if they if a bad habit starts coming in, they want to be able to talk about that right away rather than sort of down the line have you know, just an evaluation, you know, at the end of the month or at the end of the, you know, quarter or whatever it is. And that I think is something that's beginning to change the way that uh, some of our training programs work, which is, uh, I think, beneficial for everyone. That's, I think, one perspective that they really bring, certainly to the training process. Another big one is is the, the emphasis on company culture, I think, is really strong mm-hmm. uh, among younger drivers uh, and younger technicians as well, for that matter. Yeah, that's a, interesting that you brought that up. You know, how important is that? Because I know, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. We talk about retention and we talk about, you know, pay being a, an important factor, but not necessarily the only one. And, and we highlight not even this isn't even in, through the lens of talking about millennials or, or Gen Z. It's just in general, the importance of creating a train, a culture of transparency, of honesty, of candor, and, uh, and and mutual respect. How important is that? Is that something that you took away as, as being exceedingly more important, maybe than a typical, you know, your 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 older generations? That's definitely the impression that we have uh, when we spoke with younger drivers. Uh, we had eighty four percent of them saying that company culture was important to them. And, and, you know, they, they really actually acted by that too, because when we asked drivers, you know, what was the most important thing that brought you to the industry? About 40% of them said pay, uh, but 60% of them said something else. And those other things ranged, you know, a lot of different categories, stuff like uh, work-life balance or, or things like thinking of a longer term career path rather than, you know, just what the paycheck is going to look like. So that tells us that they're thinking about company culture, first of all. Uh, it's important to them, not just in an abstract way, but really when you know r- when the rubber hits the road. Um, but it also tells us that um, they, they have an idea of what company culture means. And that's going to be different for different drivers, much like every company is going to have a different culture. Right. Uh, this is one of the things that when I talk to people, I often try to emphasize that culture doesn't just mean we're nice or we run on time. Mm-hmm. Those are good things. But company culture is really 
if it's going to be something that matters to employees, it has to be a bit more specific, something that goes a little bit farther, right? Something that it's a specific set of practices or values that sets you apart mm-hmm. from from your peers, basically. And And from hearing from these drivers, we know that different driver personalities, they're going to be a fit with some cultures and maybe not with others. And and that's okay. The The goal should be to find those drivers that, that do match uh, with, with the kind of culture uh, that a particular carrier is trying to build. Well, and you mentioned that 40%, you know, said pay is what attracted them. But that's that may be what gets you there or gets you into the door. But what keeps you there, I think, is is that is that culture component, and and like you said, very much more specific, right? Um, core values, transparency, um, that that f- mutual respect, the feedback. Interestingly, kind of little uh, plug for our, our friend Max Burrow from Workhound, whose focus is all about retention and, and driver feedback. What you know, what we're hearing, that's really important. They acknowledge that, and uh, that's encouraging to see. You know, when when marketing to younger drivers. There was a reference uh, to, to negative ads, you know, highlighting that, you know, trucking is way better than working in a cubicle and those sorts of things. And the fact that the, the, the success of those was far less than highlighting the, the truck, trucking strength, right? Positive ads. Can you share maybe, you know, one or two areas where we're, maybe we're just missing the mark from a, from a targeting and advertising marketing to, to younger drivers? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, <laughs> Gen Zs and millennials, they're online a lot. They see a lot of job ads. They see a lot of different kinds of things. And a lot of them are, are open, right? They're open to different possibilities, different career paths. Uh, you know, they're open to maybe starting as a driver and may- maybe at some point they do end up, you know, in an office with a carrier. They're open to their career path looking mm-hmm. unique potentially. So... It, you risk sort of undercutting that aspect of it, the, the sort of forward thinking, what are my, what ways could my future look uh, if you start being negative about certain things. But you also have that risk too of, you know, it's a lot of young drivers that we spoke to uh, wanted to feel positive about their job. They felt that driving was important. Uh, they wanted to be around other people who actually liked driving, right? That's that positivity is, I think, something that goes across the board for them. So if if you, you know, if your first impression is we don't do, you know, this, that, or the other thing, uh, that's, you know, it may seem like it's making you look better, but it's actually making you look kind of negative. Less worse. Yeah. Just less right, worse. Right. Less worse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the same. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, so I know on the topic of, I mean, you've mentioned it several times now, transparency, I think, in that initial, mm-hmm. you know, recruiting information is, is I think, one of the biggest uh, emphases that we heard from speaking with young drivers and young technicians as well, that a lot of them don't know the industry and don't know what to expect. They don't know what mm-hmm. the day to day is going to look like. They don't know what it's going to look like a year from now versus maybe two years from now. And that's something that a lot of the people we spoke to said they wanted to know. They wanted to have that sense for, again, not just, uh, you know, what's it going to look like when I get my first paycheck, but what is it going to look like if I have a career path here? What is it going to look like in that slightly longer term 
kind of time range. And I think that um, the more you can give that in recruitment materials or in, frankly, any kind of publicity uh, about what younger driver, younger technician, you know, younger adult opportunities are available, um, the more successful those recruitment materials are going to be. Well, you you said career path, and that was something that stood out uh, in the report as well. And I think a couple of things that that I also recall. One, they didn't realize, you know, when you hear this, you know, it's critical skills. You know, it's really important. It's tough, you know, to learn how to drive a truck. It's, you know, it's a big piece of equipment. You know, highly regulatory, regulated industry. And so, I think not maybe thinking that hurdle is is too great. One and the other, not recognizing how much technology exists in the trucking industry, especially in the cab of a truck. And it's it certainly is a shiny object that we're not leveraging enough uh, from an, to attract them. Because, I mean, if you've stepped inside the cab of the truck, I mean, it looks like the you know cockpit of a jet engine or a jet, uh, you know, a jet. It's amazing. So from that perspective, I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, uh, to improve in, in attracting uh, young drivers. So I do want to switch gears uh, and talk a little bit about the ongoing Safe Driver uh, Apprenticeship Program. Uh, maybe you could share, you know, for uh, for those listening, you know, what's the primary goal of this pilot program uh, that that came through the recently passed infrastructure bill? Yeah, the the program is really uh, it's it's trying to get a sense for is this going to be something that we can do going forward. Uh, the idea is to try to figure out, certainly from the, the government's perspective, are these younger drivers going to be safe on the roads? Uh, the pilot program is the first test to see, can we get some good data, you know, some real operational day-to-day data on, you know, whether these younger adults are indeed safe enough behind the wheel to, to you know, enter this industry? Um, that's certainly the goal from the federal side. And I, of course, I all the, you know, all the carriers we spoke to, they also want that too. They want to know that this is going to be a safe option. Um, a lot of the carriers that are participating in it uh, that we've spoken to, they've been running apprenticeship programs already for some time now, and they feel confident that they have a training system in place that meets or exceeds the training requirements uh, and and also results in, in safe drivers. So, um, it again, it's the safety is really the first aspect that we hear in all of our conversations. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested to see um, how that is going to end up uh, shaking out. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of carriers are waiting to see what is going to happen in the insurance world uh, when it comes to younger drivers, because that was really one of the biggest barriers when we spoke with carriers, when we surveyed carriers to uh, not participating. Well, I know you mentioned that we're all sort of anxious and want to see what's going to happen and want to get the data. Um, but I, you also surveyed fleets to see how many of them plan to participate in this pilot program. You know, what, what sort of feedback did you receive from that survey? How many plan to participate? Uh, who replied? Yeah, the, the participation is... Um, Participation itself right now is uh, the intended participation is, is a bit low. It's, it's mostly among large fleets. Uh, we saw about 25% of fleets 
with 100 or more trucks had an interest in participating in the program. Uh, but then after that, we, we also asked carriers, you know, what, what's holding you back? What, what's the reason mm-hmm. why you don't intend to participate? Um, and when we asked that question, the biggest one was, was insurance costs. Uh, that was a major concern for a lot of carriers. Um, another concern was not having the resources or personnel to commit to the required training apparatus and, and, and that side of things. So um, there's a couple, I think, real practical hurdles that are going to probably limit participation, at least at first, until some of those carriers start seeing what does at least the initial data look like? You know, is this something worth expending that extra, you know, uh, whether it's in insurance premiums or whether it's in, you know, hiring on a couple new people to help sort of manage some of that training. Well, and hopefully we'll see that the data proves that uh, the younger driver here is not at all less safe than their existing current counterpart of, say, what, 21 to 24 year olds or so. Um, and I think maybe that's a good segue into because uh, I know in the report, you also reference Atri's ongoing efforts to uh, to evaluate the safety and utilization of younger drivers that through that you know young driver assessment tool. Can you maybe share what progress is being made with that and perhaps shed some light on what exactly that is and how the industry may, might be able to utilize it? Yeah, the uh, the younger driver assessment tool that we're developing at Atri is um, it's a it's a psychological um, assessment and. Uh, there's some demographic aspects in there too that's designed really to identify um, young adults, young drivers who have the same uh, aptitudes as uh, veteran drivers, experienced drivers that are safe. So the idea is to help sort of distinguish what is it that makes a good, uh, safe driver um, because, you know, we know that obviously someone has to enter the industry at some point in time and the industry is not for everyone. So the idea is really to, to identify who, who is going to be a strong fit from the start. And, uh, we released a beta test version of that, a report on that, uh, last year, I believe it was, uh, and we're continuing to improve right now how that assessment looks in order to be able to scale it up for a larger test. Uh, hopefully in the coming year. Well, I think that's super interesting. And, I, and it's the mindset there is let's find drivers, uh, young, young, you know, workers who are wired the way that you, you know, prefer them to be. They're going to have a much greater chance at success, I would expect, and maybe less risk of less risk. Um, and I know Atri's uh, crash predictor model, that's, uh, you know, according to that, uh, model, I think that younger drivers they're they're not necessarily a greater risk in most uh, you know crash critical aspects of driving. I think it had more to do with uh, lack of experience than versus age. And and if that's and if that's the case, then it's really all about proper training, finding the right types of people, but then proper training. Is that a takeaway that uh, we can all get from this as well? That's one of the really big questions: is is how much uh, how much is related to youth in its own right versus inexperience? Because any new driver is going to be inexperienced, right? Uh, 
that's inevitable. And we know that drivers with less experience have a greater crash risk. The trick then is to sort of separate it out. Okay, how much is the impact age and how much is is that inexperience factor? And there are, I think, some there are some indicators that I think give us optimism about, you know, the inexperience side of things rather than simply the the youth part. But I think that's going to be one of the really big questions that we'll be able to answer, I think, with the data coming out of the uh, uh, Safe Driver Apprenticeship Program. And just to, you know, I, I do want to get to the deeper dive question here because I think it's really relevant, but just maybe to, to paint the, uh, the background here, today, 18 to 20-year-olds can get a CDL. They can operate a commercial motor vehicle, albeit in an intrastate capacity, which is, is pretty limiting in more ways than it is obvious. Um, but that being said, the and because you could argue, well, don't we already have data from these 18 to 20 year olds? But there's, I think, a lot to unpack even with that. We, there's, there, it, <laughs> they weren't trained properly. It's certainly not to, to the extent that we're going to be talking about here in the uh, SDAP, but also, uh, and especially since we've, you know, tightened those uh, training requirements just this year, February of 2022. And I don't know that there's enough, um, you know, enough data. But so we certainly expect and hope to get more data here. But the deeper dive question is, do you believe that reducing the minimum age from 21 to 18 will have an impact on the current driver shortage? That's a great question. Uh, My sense is it's not a silver bullet, right? It's not going to solve the problem outright, right? There's no single solution to this issue. And and then I'm going to be even more annoying and, and make another caveat on it. And that is, I think the effectiveness of extending, uh, you know, that age range to 18 to 20 year olds as well is going to depend really on how the industry takes advantage of that, how the industry recruits and trains and then tries to retain those young drivers, right? Because if we get young drivers in the door, but they don't have the the tools they need to be successful, they're going to go right back out that door again, you know? And that Mm -hmm. I think is, is really what it's going to come down to. We can make that legal age lower but it's going to take some, I think, additional adjustments on the part of carriers to to really be able to take advantage of that in a sustainable way. Well, and you have a chicken or the egg, you know, or, you know, which one's first uh, uh, concern here. And I know, you know, I'm I'm a founding member and a, and a executive board member of Next Generation in Trucking, which is referenced in the report and the work that Dave Dine out of Patterson High School is doing and helping to uh, create these programs across the country and, and, and getting, you know, high school students and, and, and young, you know, graduates trained, getting the C- their CDL, but there are so many limitations to what they can do with it until or unless we end up um, reducing that minimum age. And, but you, 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 to your point, that by itself, isn't going to cut it, right? Reducing that age isn't going to cut it. There's a lot more, a lot of additional factors that uh, that can help determine whether it's successful or not. Yeah, I think that lowering the age enables the industry to make a really strong move to address the driver shortage, but it doesn't do it automatically, right? It doesn't. It doesn't do it by itself. It'll. It gives us uh, 
the ability to to take some really important steps. Uh, but the question is then, you know, how well will we do that? And uh, and that really is part of what this report is is really trying to say. You know, what what are the steps that we need to take with recruitment, with training, with retention, uh, to ensure that you know that that we can really take advantage of of the the opportunity. Well, again, I encourage everybody to download this report. Uh, again, and Alex, excellent work. It's it's very well written, easy to easy to devour, and uh, and I think there are a lot of takeaways from there. That as a even today, as an operator, without even um, considering the eighteen to twenty year old issue, there are some things that some valuable takeaways that you can put in place, you can put in practice right now to improve, you know, attracting younger uh, applicants. So from that perspective, I think that's uh, it's a home run. Absolutely. And Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the great work you and Atri are doing for the industry. Thanks, Jeremy. Had a blast as always. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time. Thank you for taking the higher road.